My name is Chris Fett and welcome to Two Defeats from a Crisis on Saturday at 3. On this episode, myself and the guys will be looking back at Rangers 3-2 defeat at, uh, to Celtic at Parkhead. And joining me to do this, first of all, is Kenny. Kenny, how you doing, mate? Hi, mate. I'm good, thanks. How's you? Uh, yeah, I've been better. I've been better. I'm <laughs> sure we will uh, discuss what's affected my mood over the last couple of days in this very podcast. And uh, joining Kenny and I is um, just as depressed as me, if not more. Dave, Dave, how you doing? Shite, <laughs> Um Do you see any chinks of light that will make you happier? Uh, to be fair, I do. There's a couple of things to be taken for, I think. No, there, there is, there is, and we've all certainly got it. Um, but look, let's just go straight in here. Let's just dive straight in here because there's, there's a hell of a lot to talk about. Uh, pre-match, during the match, and the post-match. Um, the, the first thing, even before I even get to the, the team news uh, on Saturday... One of the big talking points in the, the preview podcast that we done uh, before we played Celtic was the nervousness, the apprehension about the referee appointment and Kevin Clancy. Now, uh, I genuinely don't think myself, I'm talking about here, I'm certainly not going to speak for you, Dave, or speak for you, Kenny. Um, you are big enough to do that for yourself. But genuinely, for myself, I'm not the paranoid type. Um, I'm not the type who will make a big fuss about these kind of things uh, in terms of referee appointments and who's going to be the officials, the fourth officials, the VAR stuff. I don't actually care that much unless it's Kevin Clancy. Now, we this isn't with the benefit of hindsight. We brought this up before a ball was kicked that this guy cannot referee. I, I, I'm actually going to go as far as saying a Rangers game, a Celtic game or a Rangers and Celtic game. He just can't do it. He cannot be trusted to leave his allegiances at the door. He brings his allegiances onto the pitch. And that is certainly, in my view, what happened on Saturday. And I will caveat that by saying, do I think Rangers win the game if Kevin Clancy's not the referee? I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm really not too sure. I think at worst we get a draw, but... Celtic were still good enough to get the win on the day, so this isn't all about Kevin Clancy for me. However, we we cannot ignore such a horrendous, uh, again, another horrendous performance by Clancy in this game, and it certainly will be it will be spoken about. But it was it was diabolical. It was incompetent. It was it, 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 well, look cheating is a very strong word, right? And if the managers are looking to it, Michael Beals are looking to it. Plenty of other Rangers fan media are alluding to it. It's it's getting there for me. It really, really is getting to that 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 term. It's I, I, I just obviously mentioned incompetence and stuff. I actually think it goes beyond that. I think it's deliberate because we will obviously come into a few, come on to a few incidents why I'm I'm coming to this, but this guy should be nowhere near either team ever ever again. Um, while our Rangers are playing. Dundee United, he shouldn't be a referee in that game. Whether Celtic are playing Kilmarnock, he shouldn't be a referee in that game. And certainly, if Rangers are playing Celtic, either at Ibrox, at Parkhead or Hamden, he absolutely should never, ever be allowed anywhere near that game ever again. Um, Dave, I suspect I've actually not been strong enough. I actually think you'll, you'll go even further than me. Just try and not get us into trouble. Um, try and be... <laughs> Try and be as you know as rational as you possibly can, but give me your view. Uh, obviously, we don't want to be talking about stuff like this, but obviously we have to. 
I've not even told you who who the Rangers eleven were yet, and we're, we're already talking about it, but we can't ignore it. No, the club can't, and they haven't. They brought to the SFA, and the SFA brought back saying, "No, no, the decision was fine." Kevin Clancy's got a history of this. Whereas there's the odd big the Catech penalty, which we should also have a penalty because Alfredo's getting his shirt pulled in pretty much the exact same spot on the pitch at the exact same end. Like he's literally standing in the same bit of grass where Catech was was uh, penalised for for a penalty a couple of years ago. And then there's the disgrace of that decision at the weekend where that was disallowed. I can't believe the SFA have stood by it. Every independent observer seems to be saying it should have stood. But it's blatant. You've said there he shouldn't be allowed to referee. Both. You can't have a referee who can't have a referee that team. So he should just be excluded and sacked. Because it's blatant. And I firmly believe, I, I, I think he sets out whether it's conscious or not to give decisions that favour Celtic, particularly when they're playing us. It's incredible to watch him. <clears throat> My you know, there's I okay, there's the big decisions that stand out, they'll get scrutinised to death and then forgot about. But what Clancy's really good at is giving loads of wee small bitty decisions. You watch a game, shapes the momentum and changes the flow of the game. Every time Rangers a Rangers player goes up for a header, he's penalised. Every time there's a coming together, they're penalised. If the ball gets played forward to a Rangers player, the free kick goes to the other team. <clears throat> he's free kicks for Rangers players trapping the ball. That just constantly turns play over. If you could get a player that could do that, you'd have a fifty million pound player in your hands. If you had a guy who swept up almost every single attack and turned momentum in your favour, you would have a world class talent. And that's what he does for Celtic. That's what I view him as a defensive midfielder for Celtic because he keeps us on the defensive. There's a few clips kicking about, and he done it time and time again. He penalised Tillman for being tackled. Ken trapped the ball and backed into Johnson, and that was a free kick to them. And then the same goes the other way. When we're attacking, uh, or sorry, when they're attacking, they get the benefit of every doubt and the momentum keeps up and the pressure's kept up. Now that affects players' mentality, affects their energy levels, affects it. You can see Tillman even being raging. For me, it's cheating. And when you've seen it, you can't unsee it. You see the constant wee stupid and ugly fouls that he gives and the, the momentum shifting. And he does it. He's clever enough to do it in ways that won't get spotted and called out and won't go to VAR. It's these wee innocuous things he does. And if you do that, four, five, six, ten times in a game, you've gifted one team, you've prevented ten attacks and gifted the other team ten opportunities to attack. So that's going to play out. For me, and it won't happen because every attempt at scrutiny of this stuff has just fallen in deaf ears in Scotland and the SFA have come out and backed him. It, it, it needs to go. The, the club will need to retort again. We, they feel about this. <clears throat> and to be honest, I, I don't know. The, my opinion only, and it's not the word to the pod, but for me, it cheats in favour of Celtic and that's the bottom line. Kenny, what do you say about it? Right, well... Very is, there, is there any defence to his performance? No. No? No. Uh, listen, I, I, I don't want to go diving straight in here uh, talking about the first goal, but have you watched it back at all? I've watched it a number of times. Right. How long does it take Kevin Clancy to actually blow his whistle <laughs> after the ball's hit the back of the net? I've actually tried to time this, and it's nearly too... It's nearly two seconds. Rangers are all celebrating. They're down in the deck. And then he blows his whistle. You can actually tell. There's a side-on camera, right, view of it, where you can tell that there is no free kick. Cantwell's on the the other side of the goal, and he's over (laughs) celebrating with Morelos before he blows his whistle. Do you know that? Now, he's probably got to run the eight yards to get there before he actually blows for a foul. Uh, then what really, really kind of gets my goat on this is how long does it normally take VAR 
in this country. A minute, two minutes, three minutes sometimes. This is done in this is done and dusted in twenty second flat and the game's kicked off again. I didn't think it was as long as that. It seemed to be an old school non VAR decision. Did it even go to VAR? It did. Well, it, they said it did, and and the thing about it, uh, Dave, you can see you can see Clan, Morelos is talking to to Clancy and saying no, 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 no chance, no chance, and you can see that by his body movements that Clancy saying they'll check it, they'll check it, and by the time Clancy turns, having discussed that with Morelos, it's been checked, done and dusted. That how can you? They've got six camera angles that I would expect them to look at each one of those twice but, yeah. <laughs> to make a decision. That's not possible in that amount of time. It just isn't. And add so, in the, Kenny, add in the fact that there was no protest from any Celtic players. No, they all know it's a goal. Listen, I, I, one of my mates is a Celtic fan. I was talking to him last night, uh, and I actually... Now, he's not a bitter guy, right? But I'll tell you this right now. I turned around and said uh, that Morelos' goal should stand. And normally, if he disagrees, he's no shy at... Uh, coming forward with his opinion when it comes to these games, right? Never cracked a light, never said a word. He knows, they know. There is no way that is not a perfectly legitimate goal and it needs called out. I'm disgusted with the SFA response tonight. Um, I'm I'm absolutely, uh, you know, I'm going to say annoyed at at Rangers, you know, response to their reply because... It's not good enough. It's not strong enough. We've all we've all uh, analysed the game. We've all come on to that. I don't want to uh, give away good content. Correct. I understand that. And that's what I said to you. I don't particularly want to dive in on this right away. But uh, in, something needs to be done about this. It's with, uh, particularly with this particular guy. It's up at Aberdeen. The game at Parkhead. It's every time he referees us, there is a contentious decision or multiple contentious decisions going against Rangers here, and it's it's just constant. And I'm, I'm a big believer that referees aren't cheats, but I'll I'll leave that one dangling with Kevin Clancy because I really don't know about him. I really don't. But question marks hang over his head with it because I've always just said that the, the referees in Scotland are bollocks, but he's he's suspect them. He really is. You also go back to one of Gio's last game. Actually, mate, I've been Gio's last game, St Mum and Paisley. And Ryan Kent is assaulted in the box. It's the clearest penalty you ever see. And Clancy doesn't give it. And VR, VAR have mm-hmm. to look at way of not giving it as well. But it was that clear cut that VAR actually did have to give it. And um, as you say, every time we've got Clancy as a referee, there is something. But look, we'll, we are inevitably going to come on to Clancy again when we're actually going through what actually happened within the game. So let's just get right into that. Uh, the team lineup was was sent out. McGregor, Tavernier... Davis Suter, um, so Conor Goldson was out for us. Barisic, Jack, Raskin, Raskin's in. Cantwell, Tillman, Kent, Morelos is a team. So the big news is two things. There's a player out and there's a player in. The player out is Goldson. Michael Beale says that he broke down in training, pretty much the last training session before the game. And it looks like it's a hip injury and it could be a bad one. He's away for a scan. Um, well, basically, I think it's going to be uh, over the next couple of days. Um, and that that could be a potential season ender, which would just be just be typical. It would just sum up the season, to be honest. Um, if it is a season ender, I hope it's the kind of season ender where it will be okay for pre-season. If this cause if this eats into next season, we're starting as we mean to go on, um, which is just not what I want because I think we're obviously going to come on to why we miss Conor Goldson. But 
I wasn't, I wasn't as nervous as I probably would have been if it was Leon King, James Sands, John Lundstrom, whatever, because I, I do believe Suter's a good player. The, my nervousness lay in the fact that Suter and Davis have no relationship pretty much at all. I think that's the first time they've played together um, from the start. Combination of things as to why that is the case. Obviously, Suter's injury, Davis had a few injuries settling in as well. But the individually they're good players, so I just was kind of hoping that on the day everything would come together. Raskin starts, uh, I was nervous about that. I didn't think he had kind of 65, 70 minutes in him. He actually ended up lasting the game and probably one of our best players, so very, very promising that. But Kenny, just on Suter for Goldson, did it deflate you a little or were you pretty confident that we would be okay in that department? No, I wasn't particularly confident we'd be okay, but um, a, a bit like yourself, I wasn't overly, you know, concerned about it. Suter, John Suter's a good player, um, and I actually think over the piece, strangely enough, have you know, with a catastrophic error that he had, I actually thought he played quite well over the ninety minutes. I thought he did okay, um, but yeah, Goldson missing is always going to be a. Um, he does lead that back line, uh, and he does uh, command that area as best he can but no I wasn't overly concerned with Souter and Davies but Davies is a concern for me sometimes anyway um, and I just look at the two of them and pretty, pretty much similar to yourself to be honest Chris they haven't played together and it's a concern when you're you're, you're going over there but no I was quite happy with the lineup in the sense that you know the strength and depth appears to be, you know, getting back to a bit more of a level that we, we expect, if you understand. So I thought the bench was quite strong. And as I say, Suter coming in as a Scottish international. And yeah, I was quite happy, you know, disappointed, but happy that it was Suter that was coming in, if you understand. Mm. Yeah, we've seen plenty of times over this season uh, when I kind of mainstream of the team is out with an injury. It's a lesser player that comes in uh, who we just have no confidence in. But in this case, I don't think that that was the the feeling amongst the support. As as you say, Suter is a good player. Davis has done reasonably well, but there is concerns over Davis. I'm sure we've been into that. Uh, Dave, into the game now. In the first five minutes, Celtic actually get the, the, the ball in the back of the net on the fifth minute. But up to that point, Rangers started really well. We'd go as far as saying it's the best start we've had at Parkhead since the... 2-0 game where Golson get the double. Um, I thought we were fantastic. Uh, well, I think that's maybe exaggerating a wee bit, but we weren't spooked the way we've seen this Rangers team being spooked at Parkhead. Um, passing the ball about, looked comfortable, pressing them, making Celtic make mistakes. First time I've seen that under Ange Postecoglou, I have to say. They were giving the ball away for fun in this opening five minutes. And then all of a sudden, the split is open. Looks like bad defending. Kyogo gets the goal. Replay has shown it's actually really, really good defending. We played the offside trap perf- to perfection, and he's offside. He's offside. Um, and it's it's one of those ones at the time I said that's a let off. It's not really a let off, is it, when the defensive um, line is 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 played a, a perfect offside trap? Well, it's a let off in the sense for it, right? But I know what you mean. No, I thought we started uh, really well. Teams were up, we gave them. As you say, not cowed by it, which is all we want to see. And that's one of the positives I spoke about in the intro, is that we just want to see signs of life and signs of fight. And first five minutes, then again, Kyogo takes up a, a good position if he's on side, finds a wee pocket in between the centre-halves. And uh, it's a warning they're allowed to get in that position. But no, I was pretty happy. And not turning possession over quite readily. They were making mistakes. They were on the front foot. And if 
uh, if you'd said to us a couple of months ago when we were in really bad place, this is what we wanted to see us taking the game to them. So I was reasonably satisfied with what So Kenny, as Dave said, uh, obviously we got off to a, a good start. We won the spooked, knocking the ball about, forcing himself to get into errors. We then force a corner in the 19th minute. Barisic takes the corner in. The, the, he's aimed the ball into the kind of six-yard box, but it's very, very packed. Now, that was a tactic I think we deployed quite well in this game um, for, for the corners, where we made sure that six-yard box was full and Joe Hart wasn't able to come and claim the ball. And the ball lands to Alfredo Morelos for essentially a tap-in. All you had to do was touch the ball. I'd imagine we're all celebrating at this point. The fan, eh, sorry, not the fan, the, the players are. Uh, the whistle goes. There's a wee bit of confusion from the commentary saying that there's it's been ruled out. We're all looking at the replay. We can see why it's ruled out from the replay. So is he offside? There's another angle. No, he's onside, right? Why has this goal been ruled out? Now it appears it's been ruled out because Alfredo Morelos and Alistair Johnson, they're, they're both from Arata, but it's not. It's they've not. Neither of them have overstepped the mark. Uh, by the way, I do want to mention Greg, Greg Taylor has got both his arms around Ryan Jack at this point as well. Uh, Morelos is too strong for Johnson. And by the way, Johnson's a good player. He's, he's shown, he, he, he showed that in this particular game. He's no, uh, he's no any slouch. This is a, a big physical boy. But Morelos is just stronger than him. And Morelos has found literally half a yard of space because of his strength in order to get this ball in the back of the net. And Clancy's ruled it out, it's Clancy's decision, but we're all at this point thinking, ah, it's fine, it's going to be a goal, because VAR's going to pick it up. The whistle goes and the game restarts and it's nil-nil. I, I, we've kind of touched upon it at the start, though. I, I don't know what else I can say, because it's 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 scandalous. Every uh, commentator, I don't even mean the commentators on the day, I'm talking about commentators, Sky Sports, Derm, uh, Dermot Gallagher and um, some of the other guys in the studio for that, uh, you know, pundits, uh, James McFadden, Stylian Petrov, um, Chris Boyd. I think I'd go as far as saying even if Andy Walker says it's a goal, it fucking must be a goal. Um, no one can see why this was. No one can. No one can justify what Morelos done wrong because if Morelos has done wrong, Alistair Johnson has done wrong, which means it probably is a penalty. Um, but we didn't get a penalty. We didn't get the goal. And it went against us. And do you know what? One thing that... Actually, Dave, uh, sorry, Kenny. J- just comment on that and then I'll, I'll give my view on the ramifications of this decision for Morelos as a player and Rangers as a team. Right. The, there is no foul, right? Uh, they can turn around... I, I believe the, the reason they're saying is that it's two hands in the back, right? But when you actually watch it, there is no push. It's just two hands on the back. There's no actual push to get him out of the way. So much so that when you actually see it from a particular angle, the guy, John, uh, Johnston, uh, has actually got his one arm almost wrapped round Morelis to the point where he's pulling at his shirt and his, butt, his shirt is all contorted at the back. Um, and then he realises he's not getting it and he drops like a stone, claiming for a push. Um, listen, uh, it's inexplicable. That's that's where uh, I'm being kind by saying it's inexplicable. It's it's inexcusable to rule that out to the point that when he ruled it out, I'm effing and blinding at Clancy as you do, but fully expecting Nick Walsh and the the VAR van or whatever the bloody hell it is, um, 
to turn around and say, look, you better come and have a look at this. There's nothing to matter about it. It's six, and, six or one and half a dozen of another. Nope, doesn't do it. 15 seconds later, 20 seconds later, whatever it is, game on, back on, nil-nil. And you're like, that is disgraceful. Um, I, I can't, I'm a bit like yourself. Um, I, I don't even know what to say about it. it, it it's it's a perfectly good goal chalked off for no reason. Uh, that's, that's my point on it. And as I say, when you can tell the way that, their fans are reacting. They know it as well. So I don't really know what else to say, Chris, about it. It's a goal. It should stand. And Mr Clancy rules it off. Dave, for Morelos himself, that would have been a great confidence boost for him, getting that goal. It started well uh, for the team, uh, collectively. It's not always the case, but more often than not, the one who draws first blood in these games goes on to win it. Rangers haven't scored first against Celtic in a long, long time. And we scored a perfectly good goal here. And... It's ruled out for, for a foul. I don't know about you, Dave. Well, I, actually, that's a lie. I do know about you, Dave. Um, <laughs> at the time, I genuinely say that, but in the group chat, I just don't see the point in watching this game anymore. Um, just give them the title. It's a carve-up. Uh, I, I was so scunnered by it. I was just like, what is the fucking point? I was the same. I was ready for chucking it at that point. As you said, Morelos, confidence booster, he needs it. He's not really been among too much lately. We're obviously still hopeful of keeping him. You want to get him a wee jolt. I want, part of me, it's the Morelos different standard thing. Clancy looked around and went, that's Morelos scoring at Celtic end of Park. That's not happening. Mm. Or if you want to construct that argument a different way, he's went, oh, that's Morelos. It's definitely a push because he's refereed to a different standard as we've seen so many times with most Scottish refs, but Clancy in particular. Mind-boggling, as I said, it's for me just cheating. There's no, there's no other explanation for it. There's no other explanation possible. Than On the 26th minute, Celtic break down the Rangers' right. The ball comes in um, from, I think it's Taylor. It lands to the feet of Kyogo, who swivels uh, and puts the ball in the back of the net. It's 1-0 to Celtic. For me, people... I'm, I'm going to come on to Tav's performance now. Tav has... Uh, I wouldn't say he's been blamed for this goal, but the, the general consensus is, oh, it's came from Tav's side again. Now I'll have to, be, to hold my hands up, and I said the exact same. I think if you're being hypercritical, then that is, if that's your angle, you, you can't really argue against that. It does come from Tav's side. However, Tav categorically is not at fault for this goal. And for me, it's Ben Davis. Ben Davis, he should know better. He's played against Kyogo a few times now. Um, it should have been analysed before the game that this is what Kyogo does. If Kyogo doesn't have space, he creates space for himself. And he's very good at it. And that's exactly what he does here. Kyogo literally just swivels round. And in that instance, he sends Ben Davis in the wrong direction and puts it in the back of the net. Seen a few comments about McGregor should have done better. I think that's, again, hypercritical. Uh, For me, it's on Davis. Davis should have been tighter. Davis should have anticipated the turn. Because if he's got nowhere to go in the angle that he receives the ball, there's only one way that he can go. And our £4 million defender has not anticipated that and it was just poor because Kenny to the point about Tav um, I have to clarify again I absolutely do not blame James Tavenier for this goal but to the point on that we've seen this goal so so often against Celtic down that exact same side and defensive errors costing us uh, a goal well it is a good move by Celtic but the we we didn't work hard enough to prevent it is, is, is what I'm is, is where I'm getting at though well, look, it comes for a goal kick in about 10, 15 seconds later, the ball's in there, mate. So there is plenty of errors uh, there. It's certainly not Tavernier's fault. Um, uh, Tavernier was on my aid all, all, all day, uh, and it's O'Reilly on that side that 
puts the ball in. So, you know, you can't particularly blame Tavernier for that. Uh, yeah, Ben Davies is, 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 you know, is at fault as well. Um, but the boy Kyogo is very good at that. Stopping his run when defenders are full pelt and, and going back towards a goal. That's how he gives himself that extra yard. He's very, very good at it. I'll take slight uh, umbrage with you in terms of McGregor. I actually think McGregor should do better with it. Uh, I know it's hit very well, but he gets two hands to it and it just goes through his hands. Um, but, yeah, we've seen this go over and over and over and over again. And it's not just on Tav's side, it's on it's on the left-hand side. And there is a real thing here that I think Postacoglu has figured out with us is that see if you can stop our fullbacks, you just stop us in general. Mm. Um, and I think he's figured that out. And you don't need, to, you know, we, we're going to get forward, but there are two good players and uh, Tavernier and Barris are decent players and in, in those two. But if you can pin them back, you're taking 60, 70, 75% of our creativity out of our game. Uh, and they use it to great effect. And I, I trust that, that Michael Beale has clocked this and realised we're going to have to uh, play a slightly different way against them if coming next season. We'll, we'll not change now this season, but coming next season, we're going to have to play a different way where uh, we have to start playing through the middle because the goal itself is just absolutely... Well, it typifies exactly where our flaws are, actually. Um, we're... We're just not very good at that ball through that channel, Chris. I don't even really know what else to say because all season we have, and it's not just this season, this has been going on for a while, we have half talked about this in this podcast. This goal, the, you know, their first goal, we have lost that goal somewhere in, in the region of 25 times in the last 18 months and I'm bored of talking about it. Do you know what I mean? It's just same old, same old, mate. So I don't even know what else to say about it. Yeah. At this point, Rangers started well with a, a, a bit of an injustice with the goal chopped off and then Celtic take the lead. And you're just thinking, where, where, where do we go from here? And um, th- there is only really one man that can pull us out of a hole. And on the 45th minute, we get a free kick, maybe 30, 35 yards out. Tav is over it with Barisic. Uh, Tav's record at Parkhead when it comes to free kicks is, is there, there was no record prior to this game. So although Tav is very, very good at that, you're still thinking, hmm. You know, it needs to be something really, really special. And Dave, the, the thing is here, uh, it's probably one of the best goals that a Rangers player has ever scored at Parkhead, but it's never going to be spoken about in any way, shape or form. And that's just a, that's just a shame because it was just a world-class free kick. It really, really was. And um, I don't think I'm over-exaggerating here. I genuinely think that's one of the best goals any Rangers player in any era has ever scored at Parkhead. But as I say, it's going to be lost because... No one is going to give a shit about it, which is just a shame because I'm going to come on to Tav's individual performance. But as a Rangers captain, you need to be able to take games by the scruff of the neck and drag your team back into it when you face adversity. And the greatest of Rangers captains in my lifetime, Barry Ferguson, Davy Weir, um, I do remember Richard Goff to a certain extent, even Lorenzo Amoruso. They could do that, and that is something that I've never evidently seen from Tav often enough, especially in this fixture. And yet here he was doing it here, and I was so fucking proud of him because this was him saying, "No, nah, this is we're no we're no going to feel sorry for ourselves. Let's fucking go, boys." And 
it's just a, it's just a shame. Well, that is a shame that the goal will be remembered because you see it as one of the probably the best goals in there. But I think you're a bit harsh on Tav there in terms of his leadership in these games. I think Tav is only been one guy who has in the game to them. Particularly in the, the really bad years, he was the only guy who was level and compete with them physically when we first came back up. So he's, he's had like, he's had yeah, I get competing with him physically, but technically back then he, he wasn't the player he is now. So no. even even though he was still good in that respect, it was still the weak link that Celtic were targeting. But not not anymore. No, I, I'm a big Tav fan as you know. I think Tav's leadership and taking games by the scuff of the neck suddenly it's a lot of stick for him. I don't think it's, it's always merited. But no, it's a great goal. It's a shame on that shit again. Mm, it is. Um, getting a goal before half time, the old cliche as well. It actually made me go, fuck, we, we've got a chance here. We've got a, If we can actually, you know, play the way we've been playing, st- standing up to them, we're not out of sight. There's no 3 0 at half time again. We're, we're, we're competing well. We've got them worried. There, there's something for them to think about here. They're giving the ball away left, right, and centre. We've got a fantastic goal right at the stroke at half time. We're getting in with all the momentum. The ascendancy is with us. We came out in the second half. 49th minute, ball comes in from Tav again. It lands to Alfredo Morelos. He takes it first time. Joe Hart makes a decent save. At the time, I'm thinking, Alfie, take a touch, bring it down. In second viewing, if he does that, Carter Vickers is probably going to sweep it up anyway. So I think that's his best as best as, as Morelos can do in that situation. Comes back to the old argument, really, Kenny. If Kyogo's a Rangers player and that ball comes into Kyogo, it's 2 1 to Rangers. It's a difference here. Celtic have got a £4 million defender banging the goals in at the moment. Confidence is high. Our, our main man, eh, I'm saying four million pound defender, four million pound striker, sorry. Our main striker is is coming to the end of his time at Rangers and and that's the difference. Kyogo scores that chance, Morelos doesn't. It's not anything to do with attitude or anything like that. It's because Kyogo at the moment is a better player and Morelos is not capable of scoring from that angle, I think, because as I, as I say, I know that's been kind of really, really harsh, but I thought he should have took a touch. If he takes a touch... Carter Vickers is getting it, so taking it first time, that's about as best as Morelos can do in that situation. Yeah, I, listen, I, I wouldn't disagree with you that Kyogo is a better player than Morelos at this minute in time, but I'm not certain that Kyogo would score that chance either. It's a ridiculously high height, he's got to get his body right over it. He actually does quite well to get to keep it down and on target, uh, and Hart actually makes a decent enough save. Um, but it's a good chance, and perhaps... Uh, a Morelos from a couple of years ago might might well have kept that even you know got it even lower than yeah. he did. That's the point. I understand what you're making, but uh, the point you're making, I beg your pardon. But <coughs> listen, I'm, I, I, can I just go back to what you said about Tavernier? And I'll tell you right now, see if we'd eleven James Taverniers in the pitch on Saturday, we wouldn't have lost. Oh, no, I agree with that. You know that the leadership qualities he showed on Saturday were tremendous, and I've been a big you know complainer on here about James Tavernier's form this season but yeah he's, he's come on to a game in the last six or seven weeks and um, yeah that's all I would say about him but just to go back to your point I, I tend to agree I, I, a fully fit and firing Alfie might well have scored mate yeah Dave at this point Rangers are playing reasonably well but we had them in the ropes I remember saying that um, quite vividly uh, on Twitter we've got them in the ropes we need to score. We absolutely need to score during this spell. At games against Celtic at Parkhead in the last couple of years, we were either beat before a ball was kicked, we were either beat by the atmosphere of the, the, the stadium, or we were either beat because technically Celtic have been better than us. 
on this particular day, Dave, we found a new way to get beat. We beat ourselves because Rangers just explode over the next 10, 15 minutes and it's just not good enough. Um, in the 62nd minute, ball comes into the box, Ben Davis gets his head to it. It looks like it's going out for a corner, but Davis try. I'm going to try and be kind to Ben Davis here. I think he was trying to prevent the corner. I do not know why. It was the wrong decision. Let it go for the corner. Now, if that is his thinking, he's trying to prevent the corner, I'm, I'm kind of lost for words here because I'm really trying my best to defend him because if he's trying to head the ball back into the box, somebody has to be ready to clear it. He's headed it straight to Jota, who then plays it to Kyogo, who then gets the goal. Four, four million pounds, marquee defender. He's shown time after time that he's he's quite weak. Technically, he's very good, but he's quite weak. Uh, I'm not sure we can go forward with Ben Davis at the back, and I know that is quite reactionary, but I'm now coming to a conclusion based on what he's shown in a Rangers jersey. A fine, nice footballer, but when it comes to making the right decision, it's not always there. And when it comes to physicality, it's just not there. So I, I, I'm, I'm just, at this point, I, I pretty much made my mind up. Now, that may be harsh, but these are the fine margins. That You're, you're taught that at five, six, seven-year-old. If in doubt, put it out. It's it's like a basic principle. What was he thinking heading that ball back in to where two Celtic guys were on Mart? I do not know. Can you shine a light there, Dave? Maybe I've missed something. No, this is something I did want to create on the Ben Davies thing because it's inexplicable. Does Richard Goff do that? Does Amoruso do that? Good Amoruso, bad Lord, if I take an overhead kick or some fucking thing and made it even worse. But it's for me, Ben Davies is a perfectly defender who will be fine for 80% of games and get through it and look okay when he's big brother corners, winning all his heaters for him and doing all the dirty work. And he sorts of close through games a wee bit. But see, for £4 million, we need Tenzo Amoruso in that back line. We need a leader. We need somebody who's going to grab games by the head scruff of the neck. The minimum standard to be a Rangers player should be Antwell's attitude and hunger. And I just don't see that for Davies. For me, he strikes me as well, a kind of football tourist. He's up here for the club, get games. His heart's not really in it. And you don't win things with guys like that. It's a bit the same as the, the low knee syndrome. I call it Louis Tillman's play well. Low knees, their heart's not really in it. Their heat's elsewhere. I think Davies is like, I think he's come up here thinking it'll be reasonably easy. I'll get to playing cup finals. I'll get to playing big games. I'll pad my CV a bit. I'll make a few quid. But really, his heart's elsewhere. And we just kind of carry that. So for me, that moment sums up why, we, as you said, we can't move forward with him in that back line. You need guys who are fully committed and who understand the ramifications and consequences of their decisions and what they're doing on the park and who are always switched on. He's trying to be cute and keep the ball in play because we're going forward. But these are no normal games played at a normal intensity. It's an old fun game. The slightest mistake is going to get seized on and punished as it was. And I, I kind of glanced away. I thought, corner. this guy did a clearance, remember? The boss came across and he's kind of swept it up into the air. If he makes a better fist of that, it's going to throw in or out for the corner. You just take the corner, reset, and then deal with the ball as it comes back in. As you say, if in doubt, put it out. Inexplicable. Tried to be too cute and punished. And for me, as I say, 80% of games, you'll get through. You don't even see he's there. But we need leaders on the park. And guys who are in this, 100% mentally and physically committed. Davies tries to get through games being too nice. And I told my tourist, I just don't get the impression from him that 
this Mars team as much as it should. We need guys who are on board, and I just don't see it with him. And if we come on to it, we come on to it. But transfer business-wise in the summer, big summer, we need to be looking to at least wipe our feet on that phone million and get somebody in that back line who is ready to go the whole way for us, because I just won't see it with him. Kenny, do you have any case for the defence? Oh, oh, Ben Davies? No, uh, not at all. Uh, listen, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he's away in the summer. I, I, I tend to agree with, with what Dave just said there, a bit, a bit touristy. He's up here for a uh, for the experience more than anything else, I think. But uh, And he, he's a good player. He's actually a decent enough player. And it, bar the inexplicable uh, yet again from us, he actually had a decent enough game. Um, but what I will say about him is that's five goals in three games Kyogo scored against him. Um, he, there's only one winner in this, so he he's not doing well against that that lad. So, look, what he's doing, I don't know. I, it's, it was one of the... I don't know if you felt the same, either of you, but see, the minute he missed the first... He should have cleared the, the first effort at a clearance. He should have cleared it. But then he goes back, and you can see what he's trying to do. And you're, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you two were the same. I was like, shake my head. Don't do that. Just mm. don't do that. And you, you know, I, I don't know again what either of you two guys think. But I wasn't a hundred percent convinced with Alan McGregor again. There, I thought he was beat very easy. Uh, it's stroked through his legs. There's a big gap, um, and he makes Kyogo's mind up for him because he's down really early. And uh, you know. It's by the way, he's not at fault for any of the three goals Alan McGregor did. It might sound as if I've been, you know, hypercritical, but I think he could do better on all three goals. Um, and a top Alan McGregor would have done, but no, Ben Davies is the type of guy that I would suggest you will get the majority of the money back, uh, for him that you've paid. And I would, I would compare him to slightly different circumstances, obviously, but I'd compare him to to Philip Hollander here and, and actually say we paid the same kind of money for the two of them and there's only one that looks a proper defender to me and it ain't Ben Davies. So apart from that, I don't know you know, what else to say apart from clear your lines and take the corner kick and deal with that and the circumstances that we now find ourselves in talking about this game might have been totally different. Yeah, I think if Hollander's playing in this game, that doesn't happen. Even if the same situation occurred, Hollander's putting that out in regroom. Uh, and I, it's, I think the, the point about McGregor, uh, I understand where you're coming from, but I think there's not been an over-analysed uh, um, critique on Alan McGregor for this match because we're all pretty much in agreement now that even if we won this game, it's still likely that the title's gone. So we need to look to the future. And we're all sort of... McGregor's not going to be the future. McGregor should be away next season. McGregor should be retired. Uh, so I think that's why a lot of us are just kind of dismissing, not no dismissing, but not focusing too much on on the performance of McGregor. Whereas guys like Ben Davis, there's a very real chance that they will be here next year and they are the future. And that is what we're going to see next year. And we certainly just cannot see that at all. Because as I say, if that's a one-off, which we're about to come to a one-off in a minute, but if that's a one-off, you can sort of go, right, don't do that again. But it's his style and it's just no suited to Rangers or all fun matches. It might be suited to Scottish football against the riffraff, but against that lot where the, the gap is such now between us and the rest that there's so much more emphasis on these games. Whoever wins the old fun games are going to go and win the league. It's as simple as that. We cannot trust that that won't happen again. Now, the next mistake 
is equally as frustrating, but I don't think it's as bad because Suter's try to play a ball back to McGregor because there's no other options there. And he's got it wrong. And it is a bad mistake. But that can happen. We see it happen all the time in the fucking Premier League, you know what I mean? So Suter's not shown me that, that that's going to be part of his game going forward. So I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt in that, despite the fact it was a terrible mistake. Despite the fact that Rangers were the better team up to this point and we've just shot ourselves in the foot twice. And slack ball back, Alan McGregor 10 years ago, or even Alan McGregor five years ago, he gets that. Alan McGregor at 41 year old against an absolute athlete in Jota. He's, you know, he's no favourite to get that. And Jota shows great anticipation, great bit of acceleration, a nice wee touch on the side. Actually, it's not as easy finish as we think. He's still got a lot to do there. And he gets it in the back of the net. The game's over. And it's just, Dave, it's, it's, it's so annoying. It really, really is. Todd Cantwell said, and I don't agree with this, by the way, but Todd Cantwell said, uh, Celtic didn't win the game, we lost it. I, I kind of get where he's come from because, to me, I don't like that attitude, but that's a Finley Vale dig at his teammates there for me because that's exactly what happened here. Celtic didn't need to work very, very hard for these two winning goals, did they? We gave them it. No, and part three, this is near the end, when they were, the game was done and they were, we were chasing it and getting caught up the park. They hadn't really created all that much up to that point, and we were in top. So it's it's frustrating, but we we shoot her. It's just a mistake. Maybe I put it down to ring rust. If he's maybe got more games under his belt, I don't think he's as, as loose with the pass. McGregor, a younger McGregor, the younger goalie gets it. But as you say, both, there's no point treading over the goalie errors thing now because it's done and it needs to be done. But I, it's I, I'm inclined to agree with Cantwell that the game is there to be won. And it's two stupid mistakes that are preventable that's cost us having a wee chunk of light in the title race. I think if you get it back to six points for one more game against them at home, you're kind of in the mix there. But it's completely blown out by stupid mistakes. I think Suter's got a place next year. Mm-hmm. I like the guy. I like what he has to bring. He will replace Davies when Goldson comes back, hopefully. But uh, just frustrating. And to some extent, some of the season up. Self-inflicted. Yeah. Six minutes later, Rangers get a corner. Uh, it's taken by Tav on the left-hand side of the pitch. It's cleared by Celtic, but Barisic is taken up to the position of the right-back, and he swings the ball straight back in onto the head of Tav. A fantastic cross, a fantastic finish by Tav. It's 3-2. Tav has dragged us back into it yet again. A fantastic goal. Uh, striker's instinct again by Tav. I mean, if we had a guy up front that could finish like Tav, man, we would we would be a lot closer than the 12 points. Kenny, a great goal. Uh, it's, brought, it's brought us back into it. A couple of minutes later, Kenny, a ball comes in and Tav is at the back post for a header again. Oh, it just goes agonisingly wide and then the game peters out. Tav tried his fucking best and I totally agree with you, Kenny. 11 James Taverniers, we're not getting beat 3-2 here. No, we weren't. Uh, listen, d- it's a fantastic goal, the second goal. Uh, wonderful ball in for Borna Barisic. Puts it on a plate for him, but he's still got to finish it against a decent keeper, and he buries it. Uh, the other chance you were talking about, um, he's actually unlucky. I, I, I think if he had got there a split second, you know, literally a tenth of a second before uh, he did, he could have put it across goal and it goes in. I think he's got to try and aim right at the bottom, you know, near post. Um and he's unlucky because it just it goes a, a foot past the post. Um, and listen, I want to say something. I, I actually think you're just saying about Todd Cantwell there. I, I, 
kind of in agreement with Dave. I, I, I kind of understand where he's coming from, but I've got a sneaky little feeling that Cantwell isn't having a dig at his own players. I think he's actually, it's what he's not said there that um, I, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I've got a funny feeling they know inside that dressing room they've been robbed. Honestly, mm. I, I get that feeling that Cantwell Sterling, I'm giving them no credit for that. But I don't think he's necessarily given, you know, he's, those individual errors and those, those guys that made them, you know, any criticism. I've just got a funny feeling it's more what he's not said. Mm-hmm. And I think he knows we've been robbed by this guy here uh, and we'll get there. Um, but, yeah, if we had 11 James Taverniers on the pitch on Saturday, we, we, we wouldn't have lost the game, Chris, as I said. I don't know what else to say about it. Dave, the... Tav and Michael Beale came out after the game. Uh, Tav first of all said that he basically said, "I've got 100 goals for Rangers, but I don't, I don't care. We've, we've just been beat off Celtic." Michael Beale said, "It's an achievement that should and will be celebrated, but today is not the right time." Rangers sent a tweet out when the game was still going about Tav getting his 100th goal. And there was a bit of backlash about that. It was wrong, wasn't it? I mean, you need to read the room a wee bit better than this, and, and I think Rangers have been guilty of that in recent times, not reading the room. It's Again, I, I saw it and just disregarded it. It's no, at the end of the game, you put that up if, uh, if we take something for the game, but it's just a case of, oh, well, we've made the graph, so we're going to use it. It's another one of the death breath of bad communications with the club, but I'm not getting about it because it's just poor reading of the room, as you say. Yeah. The game finishes 3-2 and uh, James Tavernier, uh, I think he's my man in the match, followed by Raskin. Uh, James Tavernier gives his best ever performance against Celtic at Parkhead. Uh, I thought he was absolutely faultless. I thought he was tremendous. There's a lot of noise about James Tavernier in this fixture, especially in the last couple of days by other respective podcasts as well. Some of it has actually been negative and I think the overwhelming thing here is... I'm I'm trying I'm going to try my best to explain myself as well as I possibly can. Uh, I might trip myself up, but I'll try my best. I do actually agree with a point that was made that this sums up James Tavernier. He gives his best, his absolute best on the day, and it's not good enough. Now, why isn't it good enough? I think the answer is so so simple. The guys around him aren't as good as him, and they didn't do their job, and they let him down. This isn't a fact, a case of James Tavernier's cost as this game. This is a fact of James Tavernier done everything he possibly could to win the game. His teammates didn't. And that has to be the last of that happening. Tav deserves better than that. I'm no the biggest James Tavernier fan. He has his faults. And I said on Twitter, if you're going to be hypercritical about James Tavernier in this game and you're going to blame him because the goal went down his side, I can accept that when you look at what he gave us. He scored two goals. So the positives outweigh the negatives. There will be times in the future James Tavernier will cost his goals against Celtic, but he's going to do a lot more better things for us, a lot more positive things than he will negative. James Tavernier stays, and James Tavernier is part of the immediate future with Rangers. And if I had any doubt about that, James Tavernier eradicated any doubts uh, on, on Saturday. Because that finally, and I know it's almost kind of eight, nine years into his reign, and I know he's had that armband for quite a while, but I was just, I've, I've always been looking for something for Tav just to show me why, why you're the captain of Rangers. And, and people will go, look what he done in Europe and stuff. And, and it, it was amazing in Europe, of course it was, but th- that's a once in a lifetime achievement. Celtics are bread and butter. You're just looking for something from them in these games, in this fixture, in this league. And yeah, Tav basically said, 
there you fucking go, Chris. <laughs> That's why I'm the captain of Rangers. And unbelievably, despite a 3 2 defeat against Celtic, which all but clinched the title for Celtic, I now I can now have total faith that Tav is the man to take us forward. And it was a fantastic, fantastic performance from him. And uh I'm I'm so I'm 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 so proud of him, right? But I'm so disappointed for him because as I say, Kenny, I'll come to you. He just deserves better from others around him. And that has been symptomatic of his career at Rangers. He's outperformed all his teammates and he just needs somebody to kind of almost come up to his level to give him a wee hand. And more often than not, he's been let down. Uh, yeah, possibly. Listen, I, I've been seriously critical of, of James Tavernier's form this season. He's not had a great season. Uh, as I said earlier on, when we were recording, recording here, you know, the last couple of months he's been much better. Um, here's a big question for you: Who who won the man of the match? Uh, the Sky gave. Uh huh. I actually don't know, but I'm going to imagine it was, it was, it was Johnson. Oh, uh, the right back. Mm-hmm. Now think about it: loses Morelos for the 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 phantom goal. Uh, he's where is he for Tavernier's second goal? Uh, and they give this guy the man of the match. Um, Meanwhile, our right back scoring two goals and playing like <laughs> playing like Cafu at times. Uh, it, it's utterly mental. That this country is mental when it comes to watching football. I could not believe that they gave it to him. Um, and this is this is my point about James Tavernier. We 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 now take this boy so much for granted that you or I or you know, Tommy over at this is Ibrox or whatever. We'll crit- we can criticise him and feel that we're being constructive because he's been here that long, and we're that used to him. And we we take this boy for granted. And look, a hundred goals in seven and a half, eight seasons for a right back is just ridiculous, and it should be celebrated. And it's a shame that the ninety nine and the one hundredth goal uh, have came. Uh, in a game that, as you know, Dave and you have said, that we'll, we'll probably not watch these goals very often, and that, that is a that is a shame for him. But listen, I, I tend to agree with you uh, in terms of looking at this Rangers t- team in general and what other podcasters podcasters were trying to say about it. I think they're just trying to be constructive in terms of where Rangers are right now if you know what I mean, and saying, well, he's leading them, you know, this kind of epitomises everything that's happening under his captaincy. Um, listen, the, the the man is a Hall of Famer. He deserves to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, and I'm a big believer that, you know, with entrance to the Hall of Fame, that a lot of that should come down to trophies won and all the rest of it. He is an exception to that rule. He has been here since we were in the championship. He's played through this. Um, and I... I to me, perhaps only Gary Stevens compares with him in terms of right backs that I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, let's give this man a little bit of credit where he, where he deserves it, um, instead of you know looking at the uh, but ifs and whys and about it. Because I, I, listen, he was tremendous the other day, um, and I felt sorry for him as well. I really did. Um, he deserves better than some of the players that are kicking about in that Rangers squad. Um, but again, I don't know. Apart from that, Chris, I, I've not really got much else to say about it. Just feeling a bit gutted about the result and feel sorry for Tavernier and a few others in that team that certain individuals just didn't perform on the day. 
It was a better team performance. Uh, I don't. I don't think we, we, we need to go into it too much about the, the team performance uh, being better. I think we can all see that. In terms of individuals, uh, question marks have arisen again, Dave, about Malik Tillman. I said prior to this game, uh, obviously previewing it, that even if Tillman doesn't turn up in these games ever, I would still keep him because of what he can do against the, the others. He can unlock the door against a low block. He can unlock the door against the shitty teams. He can win those games. And then we just need to find a way of beating Celtic, whether that's with the assistance of Tillman or not. So my opinion is I still would spend the money. I think he's shown that he can he can win his plenty of games in the league. He's just not shown that he can, he can help to beat Celtic yet. I get that. Can, but can you understand why the narrative over Tillman has resurfaced? Because that's now three or four games. I think it's four, actually, where he's just made no impact on the game at all. And it's the same mistake over and over that Tillman is making in these games. He thinks he's got the time on the ball that he does when he plays Livingston. And that... He's a, at his age, you can knock that out of him, and I believe that we will. But in order for him to get to where we need him to be against Celtic, we're going to see a lot more of these non-existent performances until he finally learns. Is that something that you're willing to put up with? Is it something the Rangers fans are willing to put up with? And will we get our just rewards at the end when the penny finally drops for him? Will he eventually be a match winner in games like this? I think he will. He's, his talent's beyond doubt now. And I think there's too much focus and scrutiny put on performances in individual games. And that, I mean, particularly with them. It's the same with Morelos. So he hasn't scored against them and blah, blah. It's like the, 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 these games only happen four times a season. The league games happen four times a season. They're tough games to play in. And scoring Morelos played well in some of them. It becomes a thing. I'll tell them they're show fun games. We need to remember, there's only 20. It's his first full season of football. And there's elements to his game. I think he's got to get more than too much time that will need drummed out him. But at the same time, he's shown that he can live with the physical stuff. He's shown that he can compete and he's got a mentality for big games as he showed in the European qualifiers. I don't have any doubts he will in these games if we're able to keep him. But a guy has talent. It's one of these things people go through, oh, he's exactly crumbles against Celtic. He does this. It becomes a bit of kind of self-efficient that people see it and then they start to see it. So I know showing up He's not scored or assisted in these games, at least I don't think he's assisted. But he's a young guy, it's his first season. Let's cut him a break, admit that it's hard to perform in these games. And I, okay, sometimes you get guys like, fortunately, well, Tavernier's a good example for us. I think Tav's generally one way or another. Furuhashi for them, they've shown up well in these early days. They're tough games. I think we need to cut him a bit of a break and not throw the baby out of the bathwater because there's one fixture that he's finding it hard to get up to speed with. Whereas you say the other fixtures, he's more than good enough. It would be. Foolish, I think, to write Tillman off on the basis of these games in this season when, let's be honest, this season's been a bit of a fucking shit show if we start to finish in most respects. So I'm not going to start into the war over his performances in these games when the overall performance in these games, generally speaking, hasn't been great. No, I think that's a fair summary of it. Uh, so obviously, I mean, I'm not going to go down the two years and ask if you think the league's done. It's quite clearly done. Um, that was kind of the death nail. Or the death nail, sorry. Um, it's just, it is what it is. Um, the Rangers board wrote to the SFA asking for an explanation um, as to why Morelos' goal was ruled out. Uh, Chris Boyd was doing punditry on the Dundee United 
who were Dundee United playing? Hibs. So Dundee United were playing Hibs on the Sunday, and that was on Sky Sports, and that was brought up to Chris Boyd, and Chris Boyd said, oh, what they're going to do right back, it's a waste of time. That shit needs to change straight away, because that's why the Morelos goal was rolled out. You had the Celtic cheerleaders putting pressure on officials, and that is the outcome. And when Chris Boyd is not putting any pressure on the officials, this thing will continue to happen. So that needs to change. Uh, Today, the SFA released a bit of a statement confirming that Kevin Clancy's had some threats, uh, threatening emails, phone calls, his personal email and his professional email have been leaked. And emails have also been sent to the SFA and the police are involved because of the nature of the threats. Now, when it comes to that, like, you shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff, right? Kevin Clancy, uh, for all my uh, personal opinion on him, uh, uh, not even personal, just for, for my critique on his profession, which is obviously as a referee, he's very poor. And I do believe there is a, a large element of bias there. And it can, it, I, I do think it will cross into cheating. I think that's perfectly acceptable opinion to have. I don't want the guy done in. Absolutely not. That 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 is crossing a line. That that is what they would do. So I don't condone that at all in any way whatsoever. So I cannot obviously want to want to say that first. And I'd imagine Dave Kenny use would echo that. Absolutely. Look, there's no place for that kind of shit at all. Uh, I, I I wouldn't even go down the line of you know that's what they would do, Chris. Here, I, I, listen. Only, only the lowest of the low come out with shit like that, and it's not good enough. Um, but here's my issue with this: the SFA response to Rangers here. I was going to go. I was going to go on to that, Kenny, because obviously they, they are they. I'm trying to say this as constructively as I possibly can. What, what's happened here is because of these threats towards Clancy, the the SFA statement is effectively. Uh, that this is what's happened, it's unacceptable, rather than focusing on the mistake. Now, I'll, I'm going to read out what Rangers said. Um, Firstly, Rangers condemns in the strongest terms any abuse of match officials. We are all passionate about our game, but targeted personal abuse of referees cannot be tolerated. The club can confirm the Scottish FA has responded with regards to the disallowed Alfredo Morelos goal, with the response claiming the correct decision was taken. The club is astonished by this, especially given most observers, including former referees and former players could see no issue with the goal standing. This comes following a weekend in England where PGMOL have offered an apology to Brighton and Hove Albion for the non-award of a penalty in their match with Tottenham, alongside a pledge to review the incident. While an apology does not alter the outcome of a match, such responsibility and openness would be welcome in Scotland. So what's happened here is we look like the bad guys because life is more important than a football match, and of course it is. And in a statement where we have to be strong, we've not come out very strong at all here. And it's just frustrating. The SFA stand by the fact that that goal was ruled out. They've not given us, they've not given us a reason as to why it was ruled out, because I'd be interested to hear that reason. And Rangers are now in a position where if we make a big fuss about this, we, we look like arseholes because we're not caring about the personal well-being of Kevin Clancy. And this is... 10 to 15 years of political lobbying coming home to roost where we just don't matter. How how do you change that? I don't know. But we have to stay strong and we have to we have to come out fighting here. Look, the the situ- the situation is such now that this is the problem with what what has been done here in terms of Clancy 
is that it allows them to set the, the narrative and create the tone that they want to take, right? Now, you're dealing... This is... We are far too naive as a football club, far too naive as a support to get this. It's a cabal you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. That's the issue, right? You can forget Celtic or referees or the SFA or the SPFL or certain other individual clubs. It's the lot of them you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And people don't get this. This is a cabal that we are having to, to deal with. So putting the boys' name, you know, name, address, phone number and all the rest of it that they did actually sets their tone for them. Absolutely. It, it absolutely creates their narrative and not ours. And this is this is the problem that we have. We are not smart enough as a support. We're not smart enough uh, at boardroom level. In fact, we're downright fucking naive at that level. It's a disgrace that this goal has managed to be the very, very last sentence of a paragraph when Rangers are the one asking the fucking question. It's mental that they've went, yeah, 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 we'll answer your question, but only when we are done. And the reason that that we can do that is because you're playing right into our hands. Now, here's my issue, and here's the way to deal with it. Get seven, eight, nine, whatever it takes, ex-players on a fucking retainer pay them and make sure they're out in those papers on a daily basis, creating a narrative. And until you do that, start getting some you know, other um, clubs on side. You have to. The only way to do that, people need to get this into their head. See, the only way you can do that with these football clubs, money. You have to entice them. You have to do that. That means changing the tone, changing the setting, which is looking at the sponsorship deals, looking at the TV deals, looking at everything that encapsulates Scottish football and turn around and say to the other 10 teams in the Premier League out with that mob, we'll give you a direct split share percentage of the money. See, when we do that, their cabal falls. And until we do that, it's nothing's going to change, Chris. And I'm actually, you probably tell by my tone here, I'm getting really wound up with this because... We have well and truly, royally fucked this over the last couple of days, and I'm sick of it. No, I, I mean, I totally get where you're coming from. I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm sort of just speechless because what you say is absolutely right. We've just been screwed out a very important goal in a huge, huge match, and it's reduced to a sentence at the end of a, a statement when it should be the most important thing in the statement. Uh, Dave, you again, you want to add to that? No, I agree 100% with Kenny said. We need to be smarter. It's absolute naivety at board level. That I said it on the deep pod, and Kenny's just reiterated it there. If that's Celtic, you get that goal this early. This morning, you're getting Sutton, Hartson, Commons, Michael Stewart, fucking several others, all on the payroll of Celtic, one way or another, my opinion, coming out with the same narrative about fancy of the refereeing decisions. And then you've got Chris Boyd, first kind of profile, taking the other range of stance. We just need to go on with it. You need to roll with the punches. Dignified silence, Dave. Aye. 35 years out now, man. Yep. There's a phrase, folks, about Twitter. That's Tim behaviour. Anything that's sort of protesting or upsetting the apple cart or anything. Anything that's deemed to be the inverse of mentioned there, the dignified silence, is labelled Tim behaviour, which roughly is a, a it's Tim behaviour. We can't, we can't protest in the car park. Well, how long? We can't put pressure on referees through the media. Well, how no? Because it looks to me 
as if these tactics are, and I'm no boxing guys, right, that's crossed the line, right? But for me, Celtic have done it to the media to, to the extent the referees have to go and strike. There's any number of tweets floating about where there's been threats made against referees who've made bad decisions with them, and as I say, I'm not doing that, but they do. It seems to me that these tactics, this so-called quote-unquote Tim behaviour, is very good at creating a situation where your football club is able to be very successful. So until from bordering down, the club go, right, we need to adopt, address this issue, and a big part of it, the media narrative, a bigger part, a more effective part, is getting clubs back on side. Take a TV deal, for instance, we queried it, it just get voted through, sponsorship deals, they just get waved through because we have zero political clout at boardroom level. Because one, I don't think the individuals there have the gravitas or the acumen to do it. And two, we've been demonised for so long that obviously this is a bit of a pariah and won't into bedways. That me for others. What Rangers should be doing now, one, I think privately we should be looking to break away from Scotland altogether. But two, England are making this TV deal. It's uh, going to be online streaming, taking it back, not using BT or Amazon. Rangers should be using that as your financial carrot to drive forward <clears throat> their agenda with these clubs and say, look, we've got a reasonably successful streaming service on the TV. We've got a partnership with somebody in India who we sell the rights to. Let's sell the rights because I firmly believe the deal is suppressed because Celtic usher it through to make the league less competitive. It seems to be done, as you say, the cabal seem quite content to keep money out of the game by accepting the worst TV deal of any comparable league. Why is that? The product as a diaspora. It's done in my opinion. The Hester Celtic make other teams less competitive because they know they get the European and match their revenue other clubs don't. So Rangers need to dangle that in front of Hearts, Hibs and other teams and say, look, let's, let's get the streaming on the go. Let's sell our own subscriptions. Here's the numbers. We can make this work. One, break that cabal stranglehold and two, get these clubs on side when offer the money. So that, and I, think, I mean, I think we've gone beyond refereeing decision here and we're, we're delving into the work in the Scottish football. We need to be smarter and we need a better operator, a Peter Lovell level operator at boardroom level who's into the boardroom shithousery, basically. Boardroom skullduggery. We're too naive. Our boardroom's full of Malik Tillmans and there's his full of Alistair Johnson. The reason I mentioned that stuff, Dave, was because of the SFA's response to this particular goal today. It's basically shut your mouth and mind your own business. I shut and fuck off, basically. Uh, that's exactly what that is. It's the same with the cinch deal. It's the same with the uh, we're finishing the season early. It's the same with just about everything that happens in Scottish football. We just get slapped yep. aside and told yep. to shut it. And, and t- until our board, our investors, our football club figure this out, that we can sit there and shout and ball and screech and wail and all the rest of it, we are pissing in the wind. Yeah, That's what we're doing. And this tonight only absolutely highlights exactly the situation that Rangers Football Club find themselves in. That I mean, we're talking about the SFA here. They've not got any bollocks. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, a, they're a shower of nonsense as an organisation, as the SFA. And they think they can slap us about when we have a perfectly legitimate question to ask. And as you said, Chris, we didn't even get an answer. It's a good goal. Mind your own business. Be done with you. It's ridiculous. Meanwhile, they'll 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 harp on, hark and hark and hark on about individual uh, VAR decisions and all the rest of it. How many weeks in a row now have they had a dodgy decision go their way? I believe it's five weeks, five weeks in a row. They've had a decision that's went their way because they sit there with every single retained 
ex-employee of theirs that's on their books going on every radio station, every newspaper, and it's everywhere, mm. harking on about their decisions. Meanwhile, we sit there and go, can I do that? Dignified silence. That's that's their type of behaviour. We can't be doing that. Yeah. It's it's incredible, actually. It's to me, it's a, 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 this is this is where we are as a football club at the minute, and we're twelve points behind. We're one game away from them, you know, on their way to a treble if we don't beat them. Five trebles in seven years, and the SFA and the SPFL think they can slap us about. And our support on mass in the main believe that everything's all right, and this is this is what we should be doing. It's crazy, honestly. The, the solution for me, uh, the, the immediate solution for me is 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 quite obvious, and I think what I'm about to say here it actually comes into almost a selling point for the game. Uh, I, there, there is a league um, in the world. I don't know if it's Argentina or maybe it's uh, Greece. I, I, I can't remember. Dave, you'll probably know when I bring it up. But the solution for me is foreign referees only for this game. That's it. If these guys who are not who are not full time are not paid enough on making decisions based on how their life's going to be over the next couple of weeks, because make no mistake about it, that is what happened here. Nick Walsh looked at that and thought, right, fuck it as a goal, but if I give this a goal, my life's going to be hell for the next couple of weeks. Fuck that. I'm taking it easy way out. Whereas if you had a Greek official, a Dutch official, a Belgian official, a French official, they're not going to give a fuck. They're literally going to apply the laws of the game and then go back home and not care. That has to be what we push for. And in many respects, I think Celtic would actually support that. I really do. Uh, I think that I, I couldn't see much pushback there. And then, as I say, we can actually market that. We've got a game in this league so fucking, so bitter that our own referees can't referee it. How much do you want to pay to watch this game? Um, but instead, we're going to have... Uh, the, the reality is that's just a pipe dream for me. I, I genuinely do think that's a solution. But instead, we're just going to go with the same old referees, making the same old mistakes, making the same decisions based on how their life's going to be in the immediate aftermath of making that decision. And it's we, we have to do something. I, I totally agree with you, Kenny and Dave. We, we have to do something. And Here's how that will go. That will come up again next week or so as the, as the narrative rumbles on in this game and referee, blah, blah, right? The, the suggestion will come up for a referee and it will get get some traction, but Celtic will shoot it down. It will get shot down by their lackeys because they know that it suits them to have the level of pressure applied that they want. I mean, the great for referees for years, to the extent where they've made movies inside Parkheap, mm-hmm. books and made movies with current certain club employees talking about institutional bias against Celtic, right? So their paranoid session with referee decisions is a matter of record. Again, their attempts at manipulating search engines make it hard to find, but referee strikes and death threats and smash windies and this is all there. They will absolutely poo-poo the idea of form this because they know they've got a couple up here, i.e. Clancy, who'll do their bidding, and they've got other ones like Don Robertson, who doesn't even know the rules, who can be pressurised. So Celtic will poo-poo it. So we, they moaned about referees for 40 years, we brought in VAR, and through their constant moaning and constant pressure and constant criticism, the system is now corrupt. The VAR system is corrupt. I don't mean saying it's corrupt and actively bent. I mean, the whole setup has been ruined from within where we can't even trust fucking video decisions that are being made and then watched back in slow motion. We just don't trust any of the, the 
technology, they set up the system, and they have ruined a thing that's now just a de facto part of football. Well, I was watching the Notts County Wrexham game earlier, and they don't have VAR because it's, it's a big stadium, right? And it's a good game and it's proper TV coverage. I assume they had VAR. They don't. And watching it was so weird because there's a couple of really contentious decisions that could have went, could have swung the match and the promotion of the league. And I just watched it not have these reviewed as madness. It's just embe- an embedded in part of football. Mm-hmm. And Celtic have ruined it in this country. It's now broken and probably no fit for purpose. Because for that goal, no, even to get go to review, after the review to be over inside the time it was, shows that it's not being used properly. And we can have no confidence that it will be used properly. I, I firmly believe it's a good idea that it was right for the start. And it was being used properly for the start. But it's now broken because you've got people guessing and second-guessing their decisions and making decisions based on things that are uh, outside football, outside the game. So the whole thing has been destroyed. They will shoot down the idea of foreign rest if it comes up because yeah. they know it's side their bread's butter. An absolute minimum, Dave. Kevin Clancy should never referee a Rangers game for his sake and our sake ever again. And and that has to be the absolute minimum. Uh, but I fully, I honestly fully expect Kevin Clancy to be the referee in the semi-final. That's how mental this country is. That is how absolutely mental this country is. But the change needs to happen somewhere and we just need to get stronger. We need to get more politically uh, competent and we actually need to grow a set of balls. And under Bennett, things may change. So let's let's know right off the board just yet. Let's give them this new board, if you will, this new regime. Let's give them the opportunity to prove themselves now because they do have that opportunity. They, they, they have the right to reply against this pathetic excuse that the SFA gave us. Let's see what we do next. If it is a case of that's it, shut, we'll accept what we've said, then I we're, we're, we're fucked. Kenny? Chris, look, I, I, I tend to agree with a lot of what you said there and, and what Dave said, but the, the issue here is we, we, have, we have got to get this into our heads that we have no clout whatsoever. John Bennett being the the new chairman isn't going to change anything, Chris. Nothing at all. Because until we have a proper PR uh, machine, until we have those ex-players on retainers, nothing's going to change. We have to filter it through across the board. And the only way to get other football clubs on side is to turn around and say, here's money. You, You have to be able to entice these clubs across from where their their preferences are at this minute in time. Money talks and it talks for everybody. And that this is this is where when I went in my rant there ten minutes ago, this is what I'm talking about. It's about spending money on this because that's what they do. And we don't we're not spending a penny on this. Do you know what I mean by that? We don't spend a single penny on this at all. Whereas they are a well well oiled machine with it. And that's where our problems lie. I agree with Dave in terms of the TV deal and looking at streaming and stuff like that. But we've signed this new deal to 2029, 2030. So we've got years to sit there and bring them across and make them realise the error of their ways. And we have to start doing this now because nothing's going to change until we, as a football club, from top to bottom, and I mean from board, from chairman to Rank and file, we have to understand that we ain't doing it right. We are not doing this right. No, no, you're, you're right. Um, that that, that kind, of, kind of comes to the end of us. Um, I'm sure this will rumble on over the next couple of weeks, and, and rightfully so, it should. Uh, if this goes quiet instantly, then, yeah, 
this this sort of kind of Morelos decision is going to be the norm. It really, really is, uh, which puts us at a distinct disadvantage when Celtic have the financial muscle, the political muscle, and they have the the fear factor as well. Um, where referees' decisions are, are quite clearly been influenced by by uh, by how how their life will, will will be if it goes a certain way, and um, we we need to attempt to to start that process of change. And 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 now we will be back uh, this week uh, previewing the St Mirren game. We're obviously playing St Mirren at the weekend, and then we'll be back the following week to uh, review it. We've not even touched upon what this game means. And that is pretty much because it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, we've obviously secured second place, uh, but the, the league is, as I said, it's pretty much gone. Uh, gone. All we can really do for these matches now is get ready for the semi-final, which is huge, really. It's huge for Michael Beale, it's huge for Rangers, and it's huge for us as a fan base. So over the next couple of weeks, we'll obviously be discussing that more and more in depth. Um, all it's really left for me to do is, before I thank the guys, uh, ask you the listener to follow us in social media we're on just about everything facebook instagram twitter tiktok youtube we're on apple Podcasts. we're on spotify we're on amazon music like follow subscribers please leave a review as well if you if you can and um, that'd be very kind of you um and finally obviously thank my guy uh, my guest uh, first of all dave thanks very much mate and uh, Kenny, thanks very much, mate. Uh, ho- hopefully, uh, you calm down over the next couple of year- uh, hours and get a good sleep. I hope so. Uh, thanks for having me on, Chris. And apologies for all those sweary words ten minutes ago. I lost my shit. Ah, sorry. <laughs> I'd be more worried if you didn't as well. Um, and as I say, join us, join us later on this week. Well, m- myself and, and a couple of the guys will be uh, previewing the game against St. Mon this weekend. So thanks very much for joining us.